Hi, everyone. Pastor Ryan here with Grace Church. And today I'm asking the question, uh, how do we talk with God in our suffering? How, how do we talk with God in our suffering? You know, there's many times in my life, as I reflect on my life, where I've experiencing I've experienced anxiety, I've experienced suffering, I've been distraught about different things, um, and there's been many times in my life where I remember going to God on my knees in prayer with tears running down my eyes, and uh, whether it's a conflict happening in my own life or praying for a loved one's uh, healing or, or, or praying healing over a, a friend or a relational conflict or whatever, there's been a lot of things in my life that have uh, made me feel like I've been suffering and I've, I've brought those things to, to the Lord and sometimes you don't even know how to pray or what to do with those things. And I know there are people in my life, in my social circles, extended family, friends, people in my church who are suffering in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of people suffering in the world right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think of people uh, right now who might even be watching right now, uh, they, they, they're probably suffering as well. You know, I think of people who are suffering uh, in relationally. I, I hear stories of um, adult parents and, and uh, their adult children who, for whatever reason, they, they butt heads and they're not talking anymore and they're longing for that relationship to come back to, to health. I, I hear stories of adult children threatening their parents uh, that they're not going to see the grandchildren <laughs> unless they do A, B, or, or C. I hear of stories of um, uh, spouses wrestling uh, in the midst of uh, the emotions of affairs and seeking healing for that. I, I think of um, perhaps teens being betrayed by their best friend and how, that, how devastating that can be. Uh, I think of um, uh, families who have what they would call a prodigal son or daughter, their adult children, um, making choices that they would never dream of them making, believing lies and rejecting truth. I, I, I know of parents who are pulling their hair out because some of the behaviors of their children. Uh, I hear of stories of um, uh, men entering relationships with a, a woman whom they believe God led them to, and they're so excited, and, and they think this is uh, moving towards marriage only to be let down and by, by their partner and being, uh, being dumped basically by their partner and just being so devastated by that. And they're thinking, uh, God, where were you in those circumstances? Where are you in the midst of my suffering? Do you care about me? Uh, do you see what's, what's, what's happening? Are you going to bring healing and help in these relationships? I know of others who are suffering in different ways uh, financially. People are in financial crisis. I know of a business owner who's at odds with an employee. I know of People who are in the midst of careers are changing careers, and I can imagine that bringing some level of anxiety to their lives. I, I know of others who want to change careers or want to better themselves, but they feel stuck. I know of others who we would consider to be living below the poverty line. And again, those, those people will ask similar questions. God, do, do, you, do you see what I'm going through? Do you care? Are you going to provide for me? What, what's going on, Lord? I think of others who might be caught in different forms of addiction, whether it be uh, sexual or uh, substances, various substances, and they're probably asking God, uh, do you see my struggle? Do you see my suffering? When am I going to achieve this victory? I, I know of others right now who are suffering with their health, their physical health, and their, their lives are, are literally on the line as they, as they progress through trying to seek healing and help for their health issues. And they're suffering. I know of others who uh, they're in a different circumstance where they have loved ones who have experienced um, 
basically a terminal diagnosis, that their beloved family member or friend only has so much time to live, and that could be devastating for some. And so I live amongst a community of people who are suffering, they're struggling, they're asking deep questions about themselves, about life, and about God. And if that's you today, if you're watching today, and if you're experiencing some level of suffering in your life, I want to encourage you, because I believe this message is for you today. And so again, the question is, how do I talk to God in the midst of my suffering? Well, we're going to turn to a passage today. It's Psalm 13. And before we jump into that passage, I want to tell you a little bit about the person who wrote the passage. His name is David. And he was the second king of Israel. He was an ancient king that lived about 3,000 years ago. He came after King Saul, and he, be, he came before his son, King Solomon, of course. And we actually talked about those guys in recent weeks as he'd been going through a series in Proverbs. But, uh, but there's a lot that's written about King David in particular. And there's a lot of circumstances in his life which were cause for anxiety, for fear, for, for which in his mind he would have uh, uh, chalked it up as some form of suffering. Um, there's a lot of times where his life was in danger. Uh, David, as a young boy, he was a shepherd and he was watching his father's sheep. And, and apparently there were times in, in his life when he was a, a shepherd as a young boy where lions and bears would come. They would take the sheep and run off with them. And he would go run after these lions and bears with his bare hands and with a club. And he would, he, he would rescue the sheep from the mouths of lions and bears, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, God had protected him in those circumstances, but, but his life was in the line. There's other stories in his life where... Um, God worked through David to defeat this giant Goliath, who was this, you know, military uh, war veteran hero guy. And, and David, with no military experience or background, he comes and, and simply with his faith in God, he defeats uh, Goliath. Uh, there's other times where uh, David, uh, he's, he's fleeing from Saul, the king Saul, when Saul was king, because Saul becomes jealous of David and his, his success. And prior to that, uh, David, he's, you know, before that and actually after that, God is protecting him during raids and battles and wars with various nations, and God is continually rescuing him and continually saving his life in very questionable circumstances. There's another time in David's life when he actually became king, and his, his very own son, his own flesh and blood, rebelled against him and won the throne, which caused civil war, which put David's life at risk, of course. And we don't know... Um, what exactly circumstance David is getting at here when he's writing this psalm, uh, Psalm 13, um, but he's giving us uh, some, so he's teaching us how to pray to God, how to talk with God in the midst of our suffering. And uh, this, this psalm teaches us to pray with heart. That's a word I came up with as I was looking at this passage, and I noticed that there's a bunch of words that kind of come to the surface about what we can learn about how to talk with God, how to pray with God in the midst of our suffering. And the word heart is an acronym, and each one of those letters will represent, um, will, will teach us something about how we can talk to God in, in prayer in the midst of our suffering. And I'll reveal what those letters and words mean as we go. But let's go ahead and start. Psalm 13. It's a very short psalm, but a very meaningful psalm, full of uh, deep emotion, uh, raw honesty, which we'll unpack here uh, as you read through it. So we're going to start with verse one and, three, 1 and 2 of verse 13. It says this, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? 
and day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? And so the first two letters in the word heart, uh, I want to highlight now, and it's, it's the letter H and E. When we talk to God in the midst of our suffering, I think it needs to involve honesty and emotion. Don't hold back the emotions and the questions that you have of God and speak to God with, with just raw honesty. And that's exactly what David does here in this passage. You notice this phrase here, uh, the phrase how long occurs um, four times in this short two-verse passage. How long, Lord? I've been waiting so long for you to just come through for me in the midst of my suffering. When, when are you, you going to pull through for me? There's another phrase that we might not quite catch or understand what David is saying here. He says, he says how long will you hide your face from me? You see, in the Old Testament, when, uh, when, we, when we read a passage that talk about God's face looking upon someone or shining upon someone, it was, it was, uh, it was speaking of God's blessing and peace that he had on someone. And that's why oftentimes at the end of our services, I'll bless our congregation. I'll say, may, the, may God bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you and so on. It's just a, it's just a prayer. It's a, it's a word of blessing for the congregation. And so on the other hand, uh, when, 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 when we talk of God's face turning away from someone, uh, that was a way to say that God was perhaps cursing you or alienating you. And so what David is saying here, he's, he's saying to God, listen, I feel forgotten by you. I feel let down by you. I feel like you're cursing me. I feel like you're alienating me in the midst of my suffering. How long, uh, how long is it going to be before you come through? How long is it going to be before you listen to me? Um, I, I'm at the, the end of my rope here. I'm frustrated. So God, sorry, David speaks to God with raw honesty. And again, we don't know exactly what the issue was in this passage. It could have been a health issue that David was struggling with. It could have been when he was fleeing from his son Absalom or fleeing from the king Saul, the previous king before him. It could have been some other leadership issue. It could have been some other thing that we don't, that's not recorded in scripture. But whatever it was, it was causing him extreme sorrow and grief in his life. And he was just being honest with God. And so we need to be honest with him as well. And, we, and when we pray to God, we need to make sure we're not holding back any emotions um, as well, that we're honest with him. And so, whatever it is you're suffering through, whatever it is you're suffering with, man, if you are exhausted and if you are tired, if you are at the end of your rope, if you're hanging on by a thread, let him know. If you feel confused, if you feel anxious, if you feel stressed, let him know. If you feel forgotten about, if you feel he's abandoned you, if he's alienated you, if you feel like he's cursing you, let him know. Talk to him with honesty and with real emotion. You know, David is said to be a man after God's own heart. And if he spoke to God with this, this raw honesty and emotion, uh, we should consider doing the same as well. I think God is pleased when we talk to him as if he's a person and not a robot. <laughs> because that's what he is. He's a person, not, not a robot. He invented emotions. Well, here, here's the important thing here. Um, it's important for us to realize that this is not where the psalm ends. But unfortunately, us in our lives in the midst of our suffering, sometimes this is where we would end it if we were writing the psalm. I got a buddy who I love very much and appreciate very much, and he opened up to me, you know, some time ago about some abuse and suffering that he experienced as a child growing up. And um, I, uh, I am just 
when I heard the story, I just, my heart went out to him. I felt so distraught for him. I, I'm sympathetic to his story. But the, the reality is, is that he uh, hasn't dealt with those emotions and those thoughts and those questions of, 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 you know, of why God allowed that suffering in his life. And he didn't work through those things properly. And as a result, later on in his life, he, he left his wife and he, uh, he walked away from God. He, he says he doesn't believe in God anymore. And if God, in his mind, allowed him to go through this abuse and this suffering, so if, if, you, if God allowed him to go through this abuse and suffering, then, then, then why should he follow God? Why should he even believe in God? And so those are good, honest questions that, I, honestly, I think God would be pleased with, but, but we shouldn't end there. The psalmist doesn't end there. He starts with this raw, honest, and real emotion and real questions, but he doesn't end there. And so there might be someone else here that relates to that guy's, my, my friend's story. And maybe you kind of feel like, man, you're just hanging on a thread with whatever it is you're going through. And maybe you feel like giving up on God. And maybe there is someone here who has given up on God. And, and I just want to share a word of encouragement with you. You know, there might be someone out there who has given up on God, but I want to say this, God hasn't given up on you. You may have given up on God, but God has not given up on you. He has a future for you. He has good plans for you, and he wants to bless you. So what do we do with these deep, difficult questions, these bitter and hopeless emotions and feelings that we have? What do we do with these feelings of despair? Do we end the psalm here? If you were writing this psalm, would you stop here or would you keep going? But let's see what David the psalmist does, a man who is said to be a man after God's own heart. He doesn't stop there. He continues. Verse 3 and 4. It says, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall and so what does he do next? What's the next letter in the word heart when we pray with heart? Well, the next letter is to A, ask. David asks for God's help. He requests his help once again. He takes a step of faith. And even in the midst of his circumstances and his suffering and the wrestling of these deep emotional questions, he, 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 he becomes vulnerable with the Lord. He takes a step of faith and he asks Unfortunately, some of us don't make it that far. We give up. We lose hope. We lose faith. And we say, what's the point? If God has allowed me to go through these difficult times, why should I even bother? But David, he doesn't, he doesn't, that's not where he ends. He goes and takes a step of faith and he asks God for help. He requests his help. And, you know, as, as I reflect on this, you know, there's really not a whole lot of things that impress God. You know, you could have a lot of followers uh, in this life, you could have a lot of money, you could have a lot of influence, and God is not impressed by any of those things. You could have achieved a lot of incredible, notable things in your life and uh, you know, earned all sorts of awards in life. God's not impressed. But one of the things that, that God is impressed in life with, the thing that, that surprises him, the thing that impresses him is, is acts of faith. And so when we ask God to help us in our time of need, in our time of suffering, it's actually an act of faith that God honors. In the New Testament, uh, Jesus told us in relation to praying to God for, for help, uh, whether it be in, in a time of suffering or need, he tells us to keep on asking, to keep on persisting, to keep on praying, to not give up, to keep on knocking. And he says, if, if you sinful parents know how to give good gifts to those uh, of your children when they ask, 
How much more can our Heavenly Father, who is perfect and good, give good gifts and, and good responses to those who simply ask Him? And so asking for His help, requesting His help, is something that, that, uh, that helps us grow our faith. And if faith is something that God will honor, and faith is something that pleases God. So don't be afraid to be vulnerable and take a step of faith and ask God to bring help in your time of suffering. The next two verses highlight the remaining two letters. Verse 5 and 6. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Uh, So the next two letters in the word heart, when we talk about praying with heart, is R, remember, and T, trust. Remember and trust. And uh, if we look at David's story, if you know anything about his story, he was a, a man who, uh, man, again, his life was in danger in, in so many ways from lions and bears and uh, this man named Goliath and Saul and other nations and his son Absalom and so on. And, and there's probably other stories that are either glossed over or not even mentioned in Scripture. Uh, but there's been so many times as David looks back at his life, he wasn't perfect. But there's so many times in his life where God had rescued him, where God had blessed him, where he had washed over him, where he had protected him and, and, uh, and just, just washed over him. And as David reflects on what God has done for him in the past, he just can't help but automatically put his trust in him. God, if you've trusted me with, or if, if you have blessed me and looked after me in, in all these ways, surely you are, you are not going to leave me and surely I can put my trust in you. And it's interesting, his trust in this passage, it turns to rejoicing and singing and praise. And it's amazing the contrast to where David started in this psalm to where he ended in this psalm. He started with a man that was in distress. He was questioning God's presence in his life, was questioning even even if God cared for him. To then concluding just a few short verses later that surely God loves me. He's looking out for me because he's done so in the past, so he will do so in the future. There's a story in Scripture as well as of, of David. The Ark of God is coming into Israel, and, um, and uh, he, is, he is rejoicing. He is rejoicing. He is singing. He is praising in such an enthusiastic way that it actually offends one of his wives. And that's maybe, perhaps another story for another day. But he, he, had, he had no reservation when it, come to, when it came to praising God and rejoicing before the Lord and David seems to be doing that in this passage. In the midst of his suffering, he's remembering what God has done for him. It's translating to trust, which is translating to rejoicing over what God has done for him and rejoicing what God will do for him. You know, there's an interesting thing, too, about David's life. During King Saul's reign, the first king, David was anointed to be king. And it took 15 years for that to come to fruition, at least over the people of Judah. But ultimately, It took 22 years from the time David was anointed to be king until it actually happened when he became king over Israel. 22 years. And I'm sure if it took longer, David would have been willing to trust God and wait even longer. But it makes you think, you know, whatever it is you're suffering right now, imagine, imagine taking 22 years for that to come to pass. And by the way, I forgot to mention something in my, my previous point. You know, uh, God, he, he calls us to, to persist in prayer. And so some of us might be thinking, uh, 
Uh, you know what, Ryan? I, I prayed a thousand times for my you know, prodigal child to come, to come back. I prayed a thousand times for God to take me out of poverty. Uh, I, I prayed a thousand times for, for God to help me with this addiction or this struggle or this area of suffering in my life. I prayed a thousand times for healing. And I would say, you know what? Go ahead and pray another thousand times. You know, uh, Jesus never said there is a quota, a number that we were supposed to hit. Um, you know, when you reach a thousand times or a hundred times, then you stop praying. You know, Scripture is filled with, with, with passages that challenge us and command us to keep on praying, to pray without ceasing, to keep on persisting in prayer. And even if it takes 22 years for, for, God, for us to see some of these things come to fruition, it's worth waiting for. It's worth trusting in Him with the outcome and trusting in Him with the timing of when things take place in our lives. And, you know, David was a guy who never doubted God. He always trusted in him. Of course, he always had a, oftentimes he was filled with emotion of, with, with deep questions, but at the end of the day, he always trusted in God and, and obeyed God. And again, he was a man who was said to be a man after God's own heart. I think of my own life and times in my life where I've been anxious and I've maybe worried about things or maybe I've been experiencing some form of suffering and I, and I just start to get anxious. As you know, it's funny that the, the very moment where I stop and I remember what God has done for me, I remember how he has blessed me in the past. I remember how he's provided for me in a time of need. Um, uh, it, it automatically uh, turns my anxiety oftentimes into, into trust. It's amazing how fast that can happen. And, and, and oftentimes when that happens, I just feel like a dumb doorknob. <laughs> um, just, just, just forgetting what God has done for me in the past. And so it's so crucial for us to remember what God has done for us in the past. And as he's blessed us and provided for us in the past, it'll lead us to, I think, naturally over time, trust him. And it's interesting here, again, David, his trust, uh, one of the notable things about his trust is, is that it, it resulted in rejoicing and singing over God. And he's, he's doing this right in the midst of his suffering, and you know, perhaps one of the most meaningful things we can do in the midst of our suffering, once we work through the HEART um, acronym, um, is, to, is to praise God in the midst of our suffering. To perhaps, you know, you've got some favorite praise songs, and you know, maybe what you need to do is you need to go into your car and crank up the praise tunes, and, or, or go into your living room and, and crank up the praise tunes and, and just have a praise fest where you're rejoicing, you are rejoicing about what God has done for you, and you are rejoicing expectantly, trusting that, that you are you're going to trust God with the outcome of your suffering, whatever it looks like and however long it takes to come to fruition. And so we remember and we trust what God has done. We remember what God has done for us and we trust him with the outcome. But the most important thing that we need to remember in times of suffering, we need to come back to the cross. We need to remember that God gave his son uh, who gave his life for us, who died on the cross for us so that we could be reconciled with God. And as I, as I recall the events leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, I think of the time that Jesus spent the night before the crucifixion, knowing that suffering and death was coming his way, where he was praying to God the Father. He was praying uh, with heart. If you look at that passage uh, in the Gospels that speak of his emotional state and how he talked to God, he prayed with heart. He prayed with honesty and emotion. It says that he was in deep distress, sorrow. One translation uses the word horror. Um, another translation, or another gospel um, 
describes the, the sweat that was falling off of Jesus like large drops of blood. He was so stressed out. He was in agony and he was, he was, he was sharing his feelings and, and, and had, a, had a moment of honesty and, and, and sharing his emotions with God the Father. And at the same time, he asked God, he says, God, if you have a different way, if you have a different option here, I'm willing to hear, hear you out. But at the end of the day, he trusted in God the Father. He trusted in him. He said, Father, I want your will at the end of the day and nothing else. May your will be done. And of course, he went, he suffered, he died on the cross so that we could be reconciled with God. And that's so, so important no matter what you're dealing with today, no matter what you're suffering with. You need to go back to the cross. You need to ask yourself, man, if, if God gave his life for me, does he not love me? If God, if God gave his life for you, does he not care for you? If, if God gave his life for you, does he not want to provide for you? Does he not want to provide rescue for you and whatever it is you're going through? And if, and if Jesus suffered for us, can he not sympathize with us? You know, one of the beautiful things about the gospel and about Jesus' sacrifice for us is that when he came to earth, he didn't just press a magic button and fix everything. He didn't just come and put on a nice crown full of jewels and wave a magic wand and, again, press a button and everything was just magically fixed. No, he chose to voluntarily suffer and die for you. And that, that is so amazing because, because we know that he suffered and died for us, we know that he can sympathize with us in our suffering. God promises that uh, for, those, for, for those who have put their faith in him and for those who love him, he promises to, uh, to, to walk, with, walk through life with us with our challenges and our, and our suffering. And he, he, he promises to hold our hand in the deepest, darkest valley of death and suffering. And, and, he, and he promises that you never have to do this alone. And he, and he promises, Scripture promises, that nothing in this world could separate us from the love of God, neither height nor depth nor anything and all of creation can separate us from the love of God. You don't have to walk through your suffering alone. He walks with you. And so maybe you are a person here and you are grieving over relationships that are taking place in your life. You are suffering through relationships and your heart is aching over your, your, your parent, your son, your daughter, your cousin, your friend, and your heart is aching. Well, he's holding your hand as you walk through those seasons of suffering and his heart is aching with you. Maybe there's someone else, again, you're, you're suffering through some financial matter and it's stressing you out and you're wondering if the Lord is going to provide while well, he's holding your hand during those difficult times. Maybe there's someone else who's struggling with addictions or health issues and again, you're wondering, you're wondering what, the, what the final outcome is going to be with your health. And he's holding your hand and he's walking with you during that valley of suffering. As you know, the interesting thing about Jesus' ministry is that he didn't promise that this life would be easy. In fact, he promised this life would be difficult. He promised it would be filled with trouble. But again, he promised to walk with you through those difficulties and through those troubles of this life. And the amazing thing, too, about the cross is that ultimately Jesus suffered and he died for us so that ultimately we wouldn't have to suffer for the rest of eternity. For those who put their faith in Jesus, they will spend an eternity with him where there'll be no more suffering, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more sorrow. And that's something we can look forward to. And so, we ask the question today, how do I talk to God in my suffering? Well, we need to pray with heart. And again, heart being H, honesty, 
and, and full of emotion. Don't be afraid to ask God difficult questions. Don't be afraid to reveal the emotions that you're feeling and the suffering that you're going through. But make sure you don't stay there. Make sure you go a step further. Be vulnerable. Take a step of faith and ask him once again. Be persistent in prayer and ask him once again to help you, uh, to bring rescue in your time of suffering. Uh, and R tells us to remember. Remember how God has blessed you in your life, how he's been there for you, how he sent his only son to die for your sins, to, 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 to bring healing in your life, ultimate healing. And if he, doesn't, and if he loves you enough to give you his son, uh, surely he loves you enough to care for you in your time of suffering. And lastly, trust. Let your remembering of what he's done for you in, in your life and what he's done through you through Jesus turn to trust. Trusting him with the outcome, however long it takes, however it turns out, that he knows what's best. And allow your trust to turn into rejoicing and praise, even in the midst of your suffering. Well, tonight we have a, a corporate prayer meeting where we have the opportunity to exercise what we just learned today, where we can come together and pray, and to pray with heart, with honesty, with emotion, making our request to God, remembering what he's done for us, and trusting him with the future. And so if you're local, we would encourage you to come out if you, if you can uh, tonight. Well, let me close in a word of prayer. Lord, we... We come to you today and we are a community of people who um, are suffering in different ways. As individuals, maybe as groups, corporately, in different ways. And we, we come to you and we acknowledge that um, we need your help. And I pray particularly for someone right now who is feeling like, man, they are just on the last uh, thread of hope or whatever uh, when it comes to their issue that they're suffering with. Lord, we pray that we would be able to come to you with honesty, with our emotions, and that we feel comfortable doing that, and that you would, he would hear us as we come to you. We pray that you would increase our faith as we come to you and ask and request your help. Uh, we pray that you would always remember, help us remember your ultimate sacrifice, your cross, and what you did for us, how you suffered for us. We pray that you would help us remember and help us feel your presence with us walking through are the difficulties of life with us no matter what we face. And we thank you that you are a God that doesn't leave us on our own, but you walk with us. And we pray that our remembering would turn to trusting. And we pray for those who are having a difficult time trusting you right now, that you would just, you would just help us do that. And you would just, just work miracles in our hearts as we turn our hearts towards you. And if those, for those of us who have any doubts or questions, we pray that they would be able to get those doubts or questions answered in time. Again, Lord, we thank you for being a God who loves us, who cares for us, who wants the best for us, who wants to provide for us and rescue, for, rescue us. And uh, we just pray your blessing in all those who are experiencing some measure of suffering right now. Amen.